0: When you are down and out, how do you get up and go forward? Have you been prospecting for month on end, only to end up with one? Your past mistakes, habits, unlimited belief prison your development? Or are you just kind of depressed about your current employment? There are many reasons to get down and start to get depressed about your situations. When you're down, do you know how to get back up in art right, Derek? Join us on Yes You Can podcast show. The new you start today, not It's certainly going to make a difference, particularly those of you who have lost their jobs and those of you who are struggling financially. It can be a bit of a headache, but there always is a way. I've always said where there's a will, there's a way. And our special guest Natalie will be helping us out today based on her Walk the Talk experience. On how to break that financial blockage. So before we start, I'm going to give. It's going to be a very special, special um, webinar. Okay. So um, who do we have today? We have a wonderful lady here today, all the way from London, and she is Natalie, who is a money mindset and saving coach. Very interesting. From London. And she's here to educate and elevate and empower us and Gen Z to pay themselves first and banish limits beliefs. Now, one of the strongest things is mindset is everything. It controls how we respond to everyday events and our emotions play a very big part too. So if you have a mindset towards money, that we're not allowing any growth to take place and especially in our pockets and in our purse. Therefore, we need to look at those blocks that may be preventing abundance in our life, especially our finance. So please, I do recommend every one of you in the room, do have your notepad and your pen ready to take down these notes. Also, I want to encourage those of you who may be joining us, you might have a very interesting topic to talk about as well. I want to have you as a guest on our show. And the email to get to us is mensactiongroup at gmail.com. Com. That's group at gmail.com. So please, if you want to get on to our webinars or our podcasting, please do forward your details and I will follow up with you within 24 hours. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, we do have a wonderful guest with us once again. Uh, just one moment, let me stop my... Okay, and we have a couple of people in the room. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Smiling faces, Everybody's still smiling, people having party in the background there. That's good. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Natalie Scott. And before we bring her on, I want to ask everybody in the room, how many of you, put number one, are facing financial crisis at the moment and you would like to find a way you'd like to find a way to overcome? That's number one. Number two, if you find that you already are in, oh. on the go, please do moot yourself if you don't mind, uh, distraction in the room, yeah. if you don't mind, just quickly moot yourself. Okay, so number two, if you're already up the, up the scale of understanding money mindset, please type number two. So number one, if you're in a financial crisis and you need to know how to overcome money mindset, please type one or if you're already at the position where you feel that you already understand money mindsets and how to break those blockages, type number two. So let's have a look. Just a couple of ones in there. Uh, Number twos, yep. That's looking pretty good. Pretty good. All right, thank you everybody for that. And Let's go straight into it. So yes, we have Natalie Scott in the room with us. And uh, Natalie, man, I'm ready. I'm ready because there can't be a better time now than the pandemic to come 100%. in. Absolutely. To come in and give us your insight on money mindset. So I'll be the quick introduction. So if you want to... I like to look a bit more about yourself and your background, and then we'll go straight into the questions. So over to you, Natalie.
1: No problem. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you so much for having me here today, Trevor. I'm very excited to be here. Um, money mindset is something that I've always kind of spoken about, but I just didn't know what to coin it, didn't know what to call it. And I suppose it stems from my own childhood, really, because when we talk about money mindset, that's exactly where we need to go back to our childhood and see why we are how we are now as adults. So yes, I've been talking about money mindset for about two years now and I started off doing mentoring so I'm from Southeast London and I would mentor in primary, secondary, colleges, universities talking about my career in fashion and I noticed when I talked to younger people about fashion they presumed oh I earned a lot of money or I had a lot of money because I don't know the car I drove or the certain clothes that I wore and then it made me think wow are we raising a generation of consumers because being from the black community we are the consumers right and we don't know how to kind of keep generational wealth we know how to filter it out but we never know how to bring it back in so that was something that kind of struck me and i thought wow we're very good at looking rich not doing the work to be rich and I was seeing this from young kids so when I started to see that I thought no I can't keep coming here talking about fashion without talking about money because one I don't earn a lot of money but two I'm really good with it so it made look like I have more than what I earn because I know how to make money work for me because I don't just work a nine to five I do consultations I invest I, I do loads of things so yeah I, I started to go to schools and talk about fashion and finance and bring it together and then this was great because obviously this is the, new, the next generation coming up but then i thought how what about the generation now what about the millennials that are suffering what about the gen z's that are coming up and i thought yep, yeah, i want to teach money mindset to everybody and it's just literally coming from the school of hard knock really like through my own experiences that i've been through that's how i'm able to teach everything and obviously you've done a couple of courses as well but more of it more so it's all about your own experience and how you can try and teach people not to make the same mistakes as you and this is the reason why people have mentors This is the reason why people go to universities because we're all just trying to better ourselves so yeah that's the reason why I'm so passionate I hate that word by the way but I am I'm really (laughs) passionate about educating elevating and empowering people to kind of have a mindset shift because money starts from your mindset mindset is literally your foundation it's your compass and it's what leads you into doing x y or z so yeah this is why um, I do what I do. And I'm so happy to kind of give you guys some nuggets about how to make that shift.
0: Absolutely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do encourage you, do have your notepad and pen. Um, we always tend to hear information, but we can't always read it to everything. So take it down on notepad and pen, because this could be the turning point to change your finance. We're talking about Natalie, who's done it, experienced it, walked it, and then evidence of it. Now it's an opportunity for us to apply that. So, Natalie, um, one of the things I do find out there is people trying to connect mindset and money. Mm-hmm. Could you break down to us the two understanding of money and mindset for the sake of the listeners?
1: Okay. Well, mindset, if we're just looking at mindset on, it, on its own, mindset is basically a collection of our beliefs um, our morals and our understandings and that can be attached to anything that can be our mindset for family um our mindset for education it's how we we think or feel and react to things so that's mindset and that's something that's been trained from us a long time ago from when we were born to childhood that's something that's been groomed basically how our parents deal with certain things that's how we're going to deal with certain things because that's the mindset that we're growing attuned to money Again, so money's not real. I think what happens is we put so much emotion onto money, but money's not really real. Money's just currency. That's all money is. Um... And I think that's what we need to kind of understand. And I think once we start to understand that money is just energy, that's all it really is, energy that allows us to do something and hopefully do um, things for the greater good, then we start to not put so much of an attachment to it. And therefore, money, it comes and goes. Like if I lose money, I've lost it. It will come back at me because money just is flowing. It's just energy. And um, I think that's why we need to kind of separate how, what we think it actually is because if we think oh my god we're gonna like die without it we're, we're not gonna be able to feed our family without it we're giving it too much control over our lives so we kind of gotta see it as what it is it's just money it's currency that allows us to do things and then when we put our mindset and money together that's either going to create something really good or it's going to create something really bad
0: wow so I think the reason why I brought that up because um, people tend to question a lot about mindset and money, mm-hmm. can't seem to put the connection together, but could you give it an example of a negative person mindset? How would money attract the person if their mindset is negative, for an example?
1: Okay, so I get this a lot with clients. So a lot of people live above their means right? Yeah. And it's usually people that live paycheck to paycheck. So it could be a week left to be paid and they're literally struggling oh. that they need to be paid. And then when they get paid, they spend all the money in the first week. So they're creating like, they've got a limiting belief against money, basically. They've got a scarcity belief. So with that, they're just going to get more of it. So if they live paycheck to paycheck and that's their life, that's exactly what's going to continue. They're on a hamster wheel. If um, they're a person that gets a bill through the post or they get um a ticket on their car, they're angry, right? Oh my God, I've gotten a ticket. They pay it, but they're angry. I don't know how many people here believe in manifestation or law of attraction. I know some people might think is a bit hoo-ha, a bit la-la. But for me, it, it definitely is something, is something true. And when you always have negative things happening to you around money and you're giving it the energy, oh my God, I've just got another bill. Oh my God, I just got another ticket. If because you're giving that situation energy, you're just going to attract more of it. And it's because of your scarcity mindset that you have with money. Whereas for me, I welcome bills because I know that I'm expecting them. And that's what's really important to remember that you've, you're expecting them. To land and I feel when people don't plan for things and then more things come their way, again, it's scarcity that keeps you on that hamster wheel. Right. So that's what happens when you're scared of money, more scarcity comes your way. When you get a car note, more of that comes your way because you're not prepared for it. With right. me, ordinary people get bills too. Ordinary people might get a car ticket, but we handle it differently. If I get a ticket on my car because I park somewhere, that's my fault. I should not have parked there. And it's like, okay, cool. I've paid it. We move on. But it's when you dwell in it, Oh my gosh I've just got, I've got to pay this and oh my gosh I haven't got the money to do this it's very negative and you're just going to keep getting more of that mm. and that's how the manifestation actually works and it's right. very linked
0: right so that leaves you another question is it really rocket science then to work that out
1: it's not, but again, it goes back to our childhood Because if you come from a family where you're always told That you know money is the root of all evil Or you know money doesn't grow on trees Then you're coming from a place of lack thereof You're coming from a place of scarcity you, It makes you feel like there's not enough wealth around for everybody I used to feel like that I used to feel like, oh, not everyone can be rich mm. But no, everyone can be rich You just got to do the work to, mm. to get to that place So it definitely comes from your childhood If you've seen that in your family, you've seen how your parents react when they get a a bill or they get a car note or they're struggling to make a grocery shop. When you see that, that becomes a part of your rhetoric. That becomes a part of you thinking, okay, this is what my adulthood is going to be like. And it doesn't have to be that way. And it's all about like what we spoke about before, like generational curses. It's about breaking that and creating a new family money blueprint. Because that's all it is. It's a money blueprint that we've seen from our family. And yeah, if it's a good one and you want to pass that on to your children, fine. But if it needs a bit of work, that's when we start breaking it down and create our own money blueprint that we can pass on to our own family.
0: Right. Okay. Now that's leading me to find out a little bit more your understanding growing up and money and being in debt. Give us some of your story of how you got that light bulb on opportunity Mm -hmm. and realised, oh my goodness, this is how it's supposed to work. So just just give us an idea.
1: No problem. So I grew up with my mum and dad. Um, My dad was the breadwinner and my dad earned quite a bit of money. He worked for himself. And I always saw my dad. He always got everything he wanted whether it was a new car or whatever it was, jewellery, whatever it was. He always got what he wanted because he worked hard for it. And I admired him for it. My mum didn't earn a lot of money, but she was a great saver. And we didn't know until we got older how much money she had stacked up over the years because she kind of just kept it to herself. And then my dad, although he earned a lot, he was a bit of a Scrooge. <laughs> he, he, he held on to that. Wow. Money. <laughs> and yeah. I thought, oh, this is, what, is this what people that have money do? Do they just hold on to it? Is this why they always have money? Because they hold on to it? And right. in one breath, yeah, you can say, yeah, that's why people have money, because they hold on to it. But then as I got older, got into the workforce, met other people and how they dealt with money, I started to think, oh, Maybe the way I was brought up about money wasn't necessarily correct or conducive to me because although my dad had money, he held onto it. Like I can count on one hand the amount of holidays they went on. It wasn't a lot. And mm. I thought, all this money, why are you not enjoying it? Why are you not like just living your life? And it's only when I got older, making my own money, because that's when it, the light bulb goes off, when you start making your own money and how you handle it. So I started making my own money and I became a really good saver because my dad was really good at saving because he didn't spend any money. So then that fell to me where I became a great saver. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Nat, you're such a great saver. But then I I wasn't spending my money. I turned into my dad, basically. And I thought, no, something's got to change. And me, I'm a very um, nosy child. So as I got a bit older, I started going to events. I started going to money events, um, wealth investment networking events. Because I was very interested in property. My dad had property, but he's old school. So I didn't want to go to him for advice. I thought, let me seek out this knowledge elsewhere. And literally, I just started going into rooms I wasn't really meant to be in. I was always the only black person there or the only female there. And I just started rubbing shoulders with people that knew a lot about money. And I was like, I want to know what you do because I want to, Be like you, basically. And it's only when they started to break down what money was and how money's a vehicle for us to do what we want to do. Um, Money should be working hard for us and not the other way around. We shouldn't have to slave at a job Mm. to earn money. We should should work smart. And that's when I started to adopt that. And that maybe happened to me at the age of 23. I'm 30 now. That happened to me at the age of 23. And then at 26, I got my first investment property. And literally, it just kind of snowballed from that. And I was able to start investing and making my money work for me. So it's literally having that change. I had a great example in my childhood. But even though my, my childhood was great, there were still things that wasn't quite right in regards to money. And I thought, no, as I'm getting older, I want to seek out what's right what what are we missing and, I, and I, if I could turn my camera around which I won't it's a bit messy but I've got like stacks of books because books is knowledge if you want to learn anything it's in a book I'm just going to quickly read off some of the books that I have that's really changed my life so the compound effect by Darren Hardy that book got me nesting at 25 mm-hmm. I started investing at 25 um feel the fear and do it anyway a great book about because uh, again we we don't do things because we're fearful right mm-hmm. I've read that book like three times I usually read books once I've read that book three times because every time I'm feeling low, I come back to it. Um, You're a badass at making money, a great book, The Richest Man in Babylon, um, The Secrets of a Million, Millionaire Mind. Like these are great books that literally are just set the foundation. And sometimes I listen to them in audio or I actually read them and make notes. But it's like, you have to feed your mind. If you know something's not right in your right. life, whether it's about your upbringing or money, they're all in the books like, and they all say the same thing. All these rich people out there say the same thing in regards to money because it's all in the same book. It's all in different books. So I just literally went on a tangent and I started t- telling my sister about it. I tell my younger cousins about it. You know, some people listen, some people don't, but it's just important to get the message out there. I'm not going to stop talking about it until we right. get involved.
0: Yes. Wow. And this is why this story, what you're sharing is very powerful because it's taking us on stages on how we transform from negative to positive and tran, um, drawing in the finance is very powerful. Now, when you were going through that 23 and growing up and you started to invest, mm. what did that tell you about you? What was it that it was showing more about you when you start to see investing and the money coming back? Mm. Was it you still working on your, changing your mindset? to get a greater generational wealth or do you feel
1: yes i think that was a very pivotal point for me where i started to think oh my gosh it doesn't have to be this way because we are not our parents that's another thing we need to understand um their first generation like we are not i'm not my parents the things that they had to go through to live in this country i have a little bit of an easier path not easy but easier right so it's like how my parents are my dad probably had to hold them to money when he was growing up because that's what they had to do to survive. Now, I don't like the word survive. We're not living in a third world country. So I think seeing my dad holding some money, yep, he had to do it. I don't need to do that. Right. I don't need to do that. Trying to talk to my dad now about investing, he wouldn't even understand. So he's really old school. He's like, oh, gold. For him, gold is how you invest. I was like, cool, let's buy some bullion. And he's starting to do that now. So it's like, you can, you can, we can learn from each generation. I can learn from my dad's generation. I can learn from my generation. And I feel my mindset is constantly changing it's not there's not something where you get to a point and you're like cool I'm set my mindset's where it needs to be even though I'm quite abundant in my mindset and my feelings and my thoughts I have my days where I'm a bit oh I'm getting back to that negativity but you just got to bring yourself bring yourself out of it and maybe five years ago I wouldn't have been able to do that but now at at a click of a finger or a change of a thought I can get myself back to that abundance because I've seen how great that abundance has been for me so why would I ever want to go back to that negative space
0: right okay now let me ask you something because it's very interesting because uh, one of the things that stands out a lot and people speak about is financial blockages Hmm. people are trying to find ways of where this block is coming from where is financial blockages and where did it start and how can that be changed
1: okay so again you're going to hear me say this a lot it does stem from my childhood that's where it started so it's what we saw and i do this for my clients i always ask them have a conversation with your family have a conversation with whoever brought you up and um your first experience of money what was your first experience of money my first experience was pocket money so what was your first experience of having money, holding it, touching it? What was that like for you? Did your parents open up um, a bank account for you? Was you a part of that process? Did you have a piggy bank? We need to get people to understand what was their first financial experience with money and Mm -hmm. then as we ask them that question we start to see where were the financial blockages some people that I know were brought up in a one-parent household so there may have been more of a struggle or may have a trauma there and then you ask them so how did that make you feel and obviously it's always a negative experience. And then a lot of people that do come from a single parent household um, in their life, sometimes they mirror it. So they end up in a single parent home themselves with their child. And then they start mirroring what they saw their parent do and they do the same thing. And then that can possibly continue. So it's, it's like looking at where those financial blockages come from, because a lot of the time people do um, say, you know, they put financial is more so with single-parent households, although it's not always the case, but it's just so rhetoric that we see. Right. So it's kind of looking at that and seeing how you can change that going forward and having a conversation. If you saw your mum struggle for whatever reason, have a conversation with your mother. Why were we struggling? Because a lot of the times we just think, okay, my mum went through it. So I'm going through it. This is normal, but it's not normal. Because if you right. speak to your parent and actually have a conversation with them, they'll probably tell you, oh no, the reason why I was going through this is because X, Y, Z and right. then when you think about the X, Y, Z you're like oh, I'm not even dealing with that in my life so why am I mirroring what you're going through we're, we're literally living two different experiences and right. it's only when you have that conversation and you realise oh my god I am not my mother I, I don't have to live like she did and that's like a financial blockage because we're not even we're not even actually um, dealing with the, the process there we're just presuming okay my mum did it so I'm doing it my mum's right. a single parent I'm a single parent my mum struggled with money I'm struggling with money like you have to stop it. You're not your mother. You are you. And that's why you have to go back sometimes and have a conversation. Some people don't like to do it. They get a bit scared that like, oh god I don't want to really talk about my talk to my parents about money. But trust me so many people have said that but then they they've plucked up the coverage. They've right. had that conversation with their parent and they're like oh my god it was the best thing I've ever done.
2: Because
1: right. then you get really understand oh wow I can change this. I can change the story but you have to do that step. You have to speak to your family.
0: Right. Well, very impressive. Ladies and gentlemen, as you heard, we've got Natalie Scott with us, and she's talking about mindset, changing your mindset, changing your finance, bringing better future. So I'm sure you're all able to take on board with what you've been given so far, but we're going to carry on with this interview because, man, we're going to go deep, huh? We're going to go deep. We're actually on our operation table now, and our <laughs> doctor is Natalie, who's going to be working <laughs> on us, yeah? So, and believe you me, when you come out of the hospital, you will be mended, proper mended, okay? So, Natalie, we've talked about mindset. we talked about the money. we talked about your life and your upbringing, and 23, the cycle started to turn. Now, pandemic, mm. job losses. yeah. People are concerned. People aren't got enough money. People are depending on benefits. Mm -hmm. And benefits are changing the laws, making it harder. Poverty is gone wild now. How do you encourage and how can people who are in a poverty mindset, poverty community, begin to realize they can make a change to come out of that? What would your advice be on that, based on what you've been (sighs) through?
1: I don't know how many people believe in God here or in general, but in a time of distress, I always go to God. Um, right. Simply because prayer is so, so, so powerful. But um, just in case people don't believe in God, I don't want to like push my beliefs on anybody. No but um, you need definitely need a space on your own just to either vent, either write it down. I'm a firm believer of, you know, write it down. If you're going through anything, jot it down in a journal. Because there's power in the word, there's power in the tongue, and there's power in writing. mm mm-hmm. But even just to answer your question, I want to go back a bit simply because I did a workshop on this. So, when the pandemic happened, a lot of people were in a crisis, right? And we had to get government bailout. So, my thing, I champion this a lot on my channel, and it's all about paying yourself first. And I just felt that if we were prepared, right, we wouldn't be in a situation. But unfortunately, you know, things happen. But what I will say, the advice I'm going to give now, this should be something that we look at if this was to happen again. Because there's, there's rumours of a second lockdown. We hope it doesn't happen, but we want to be prepared because prevention is better than cure. And what I will say is that this is why we need to get into the habit of paying ourselves first. Because I've been speaking about this for two years on my platform. And, you know, sometimes it falls on deaf ears.
0: Mm.
1: And as soon as the pandemic came around, people were losing their jobs, people gained 80% of their pay. People were struggling. And I'm like, don't you have an emergency fund? Mm. Weren't you saving money? Weren't you putting money together aside? And no, we weren't. You know what? People think working a nine to five is a secure job. And it's not. Nine to five is not secure. Like, whatever you, if you're working for yourself and you have your own business, to me, that's more secure because you're in control. But when you work for somebody, all they have to do is give you a notice and you're gone. And we've, mm. we've seen this. We've seen this because of the pandemic. And it's like, you don't want to ever be in a position where someone's going to tell you that they haven't got a job for you and you haven't got any money and this is why you need to be prepared. Me, if someone tells me tomorrow, Natalie, sorry, you've lost your job, I'm like, cool, I've got three months of emergency fund and I've got redundancy cover. And these are insurances that we need to get on top of that people don't know about. Income protection insurance is an amazing insurance to have. It protects you if you fall ill, if you have an injury and you cannot go to work. It pays you out monthly or fortnightly or weekly, depending on how you get paid. And it pays you until you're able to go back to work. And this is something that everybody should should have. Regardless if you get sick pay, because that takes a while to kick in, this is something everyone should have. Redundancy cover is also something everyone should have, because now everyone's being made redundant. And because the government knows this, insurance companies have actually pulled it off, because, you know, everyone's claiming redundancy. So it's such something that they've removed from their insurance. And this is why prevention is better than cure. If you really had these things in place, you wouldn't be worried about being made redundant, or, you know, losing your job. So these things are very important. I, what I would say now, to answer your question, is that, okay what's done is done. Um, You're in financial difficulty and there's not much you can do because, you know, we left it a bit late. So it's literally about preparing, preparing. So are you getting any financial aid at the moment? Because I do believe there is financial aid out there for people who have lost their jobs. So definitely seek it out. Um, And what you can basically do, and I always say in a time like this, find something that you can do on the side, Mm. and it's not about oh oh my god can't i just have a hobby why do i have to make money from it well i'm not being funny but i started my business in the era of lockdown and i've made the most money i've made in a long time just by a lockdown so there's definitely money to be made mm. and i think it goes back to me saying that when i was younger oh there's not enough money for everybody in the world there's not enough this there's not enough that there definitely is because exactly. when you're seeing places like prep doing a subscription for 20 pound a month for coffee there's money to be made you, you know, there's definitely money to be made. So I'll say hone into your crafts, hone into your abilities. Um, if you've got a skill, for instance, a kind of job that you worked, if you've got skills that you've adopted from that job, Skillshare, Fiverr, people per hour, put your skills on these websites because there's always people looking for other people to help them in this area. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I needed someone to design a logo. I didn't have anyone at the time to do it. I went into Fiverr, paid someone five pounds, they did it like that. So there's definitely money to be made. Just you've got to hone into your craft and don't feel sorry for yourself. I think that's the worst thing you can do. I mean, you can feel sorry for yourself for maybe a week, but then after that, just stop because no one's going to feel sorry for you. And I feel like we just have to get ourselves out of this and see the benefits of it or see the good things. Maybe using was in a job that you didn't really like and now you've been made redundant. Okay, wow, I've got some time back. So, right, right. I know it sounds a bit cheeky to say, but you just have to see the positives out of every situation. Right. Uh, this is my abundance mindset speaking now because for mm. me, I'm really, really not a negative person. So, if I lost my job tomorrow, okay, cool, I'll be fine. What can I do? Because I just don't like to be negative. If we stay in our negative state when we lose a job or something bad happens to us, unfortunately, we're just going to get more of it. We're literally right. going to get more of it. So, we just have to kind of adopt new ways and I know for me to say it's probably like oh but Natalie you you know you do this this is you and I understand that but we can definitely get ourselves to that to that place like what do you listen to in the morning what's the first thing you do in the morning it's all about being grateful for what you have and be oh my god to show gratitude that's important Mm -hmm. once you start saying thanks for what you have not what you lack Right. what you have you're only going to get more of it so literally just changing little daily habits daily routine it will just lift in your mood it will definitely lift your mood and I think that's what we have to kind of do to get ourselves out of that that place that sad state
0: right powerful and, and I know you've I've looked at your articles and you've given some very good bullet points on how people can actually overcome financial blockages and I'd be very interested if you could take it through that later on before we end now, what you mentioned there, I wanted to ask you, is people tend to think money, dirty rich. Mm. People think money is, oh, I will want to lick a bit up, but I'm okay. Um, anytime you mention money, that mindset, always speaking like that. And, he, and when you're among them, it's constantly they're speaking that. Mm. So is money dirty? And is being rich not good? Especially if you end <laughs> up being rich. And what is rich?
1: Mm. This is another thing. Again, I'm going to bring it up to childhood again. It's what you were taught. Your parents might have said rich people are mean. Yes. That's something you've probably heard growing up. There are rich people. They're greedy. They're this. And I'll be honest, the media doesn't help. When you have people like Donald Trump, you've got these people like Epstein, all these people that are filthy rich, they're in power, and they're abusing their authority, basically. So obviously, seeing that growing up, you're going to think that being rich is a dirty thing. What's the point? But flip it. There's also a lot of rich people out there that do good but we just don't hear about them because that's not what makes headlines. And that's why you as an individual, you have to seek out the rich people that are doing well. Like I've met loads of rich people simply because I'm a nosy person. I like to know what people do. When I see people in a nice car, I'm like, what do you do? I'm I'm that kind of person because I, I want, I want that, but I want to know how to get it the legal way. So it's like you have those conversations with people. And I think with rich people as well, they're always willing to help. I don't know how many people have spoken to rich people, but they're always willing to help. So Mm. for me, rich people aren't mean. They can't be. Because every time I ask them a question or ask them to help me or show me the way, they've done it. Sometimes they may charge me for it because, you know, they gotta make their money, but they're very open and willing. Um, but I feel like if you do grow up hearing that, you know, rich people are mean, they're this and they're that, then you're going to want to disassociate yourself with them as much as possible. You're not going to want to be rich because you're like, oh, I've always been told that they're they're mean, they're evil, they're greedy. So therefore you're not going to be like them. And that's the dangers of, um, hearing those messages about rich people. And then we think that, oh, you know, I'm doing all right. I get by. I don't want to get
0: by. Yes. Right. Right. I think
1: anyone... Wants to get by. I don't. want to be just comfortable. I want to be more than comfortable. I'm not afraid to admit that right. I know what I like and I know what I want, and I'm going to work hard or smart to get there. Right. Yeah. And I feel sometimes when we're told, you know, rich people are this, rich people are that, it's a cop out. It's an easy way for us to be like, okay, cool. We don't have to do the work to be rich. Them because you know they're mean, they're evil but it's just a cop out you know you want to be rich and right. another thing again that like if you won the lottery this is another thing with mindset so people that have a scarcity mindset people that don't really understand money this is the reason why lottery winners don't um, they don't last long with their richness they they get rich and then the next week they're bankrupt or the next week they've lost it or they spent it all because money management is an important thing we don't talk about that enough so everyone talks about especially young people these days these gen z's i'm not one of them but these gen z's are like, <laughs> oh yeah I want to be rich, man, or I want this. I want money. But if I yeah. dropped a million pounds in your bank account, you wouldn't know what to do with it. So uh, that's right. important. You need to educate yourself in how money works. Like all these rich people, like Jay Z, for instance. This quote that he always says, which 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 is so true. So they, I think he got asked about his business. Like, oh, how do you do what you do? Like, right. he said, oh, um, I'm not a businessman. He says, I'm not a businessman. That's not me. He says, right. I'm. A- business man i'm right. a business and that's the thing when you start to treat yourself like a business like for instance you want cash flow right when you've got a business you want cash flow you want to keep costs as low as possible because on that next accounts so you want to talk about you've made money that yeah you've property right. but why don't we use this same analogy when it comes to ourselves so again people live in paycheck to paycheck when they get paid they spend it very quickly on rubbish
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then it's a week before payday they've got no money so they're literally on a cycle of paycheck to paycheck that's why those people when they lose their job it's curtains because they're like oh my god i've got no money but if you started to treat yourself like a business
0: right you
1: would have money you'd have cash flow you'll live below your means you make sure that you have enough that goes into this pot seven accounts that pot long term that pot holiday fun you know you want to have fun as well then you'll be okay. But I feel like we don't do that enough. We don't look at ourselves as businesses. And I'm not saying everyone has that that mindset of a business, but we need to adopt it because it's important. And then that's how we make money work for ourselves. And that's how we have more. But again, it's a mindset shift that needs to happen.
0: Right. Oh, Natalie, I'm telling you, I'm bursting with questions, but (laughs) I'm not going to use them up. I'm going to let my The people in the room be asking questions, but I have one final question, important question, what I hear over time, personally from myself uh, growing up, I used to look at the difference on these two. What's the difference with saving and investment? What's the difference between those two?
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine because I always talk about savings. That's what I do. So savings is basically putting your money away, preferably in a bank or building a society. And maybe 10 years ago, I'd say, and getting a big You're not really going to get much. <laughs> you're not going to get much Somebody for your money.
0: Somebody that's
1: say no, no, yeah, no. That, no. <laughs> you, you know what it is? I always say like, you know, oh my God, when your grandparents leave your money under their bed, it's like, why would you do that? You know, put it in the bank, earn some interest. But right now, you're not earning much for your money because the bank rate has dropped twice in March. So, um, but basically, saving as a dictionary saving is putting money aside um periodically towards something basically and it's trying to get a rate you're not really gonna get anything great but it's putting money aside for something that you want whether it's long term or short term that that is saving basically um investing now um that's making your money work for you so when we go to work we're working for our paper we're working by the hour working for money but when you start putting your money in investments or your money is invested in something your money now works for you because you would have put your money in a fund that has a collection of indexes um, follows different footsies or you might be putting your money into individual stocks and shares so your money's working for yourself um investing is powerful investing is powerful simply because you want to beat inflation, and investing usually does. In- inflation in the UK at the moment is around 2%, and banks are not giving you that. And most banks these days, um, their products are all variable, which means that they have they have any will to change it at any time. They can drop the rate, they can bring it up, they can drop it, etc. Um, so I think the most you get right now, I was quite lucky. I locked in a two point to five percent back in the beginning of March. Mm. That, but that was a fixed account. So that was, means my money's locked away for one year. So the only time you're gonna get really good rates these days is if you lock your money away. But if you need obviously easy access to your money and it's an easy access account, then you're probably gonna get 0.01%, which is not doing much. So that's why I always encourage people to invest if they can, but only invest once you've got your emergency fund, please, because you don't want to have putting money away and then you need it and then you want to take it out of the stock market and then yeah, you don't want to do that. So that's why I do things in order. So I always talk people, save first before you do anything. Even right. if it doesn't give you much money back, just save. So you have some pot before you do any investing.
0: Right, right. And you made a very strong point, and it was very encouraging. You said, always pay yourself first. Amen, always. Now, most people will say, well, why would I pay myself first? I've got bills to pay, I've got my staff to pay, and et cetera. Yeah. Because the way they've been seeing things the way it always has been, the traditional way. Now, Mm -hmm. why did you make that statement and what is the meaning behind that?
1: Well, paying yourself first is basically as soon as you get paid, you treat yourself like a bill. Everyone's worried about all these different bills that they've got to pay. Treat yourself like a bill. you got a mortgage payment or a rent coming out on the first of the month. Okay, let's make a payment to you on the first of the month. Call it what you want. Um, put it in a different account and set up an automated payment. Set up a direct debit to yourself. And the reason you do this is because you've obviously got long-term goals. You've obviously got short-term goals. And you're the one that's going to work. You're the one going to work exchanging your time for money. So why shouldn't some of that money be given to you? Why does all that money need to go on bills? The bills will get paid. Mm. They're going to get paid, you know, but you need to start putting money towards yourself because a lot of people do pay themselves first, but they do it towards the end of the month. They wait for everything to come out mm. and then they're like, oh, what do I have left? Oh, wait, no. have oh, got to buy that first. One minute, one minute. Not yet. Uh, okay, cool. I'll pay myself that. And it's like, wow. Is that how you see yourself? To put mm. yourself last? Mm-hmm. You see me? I pay myself the first of the month and I pay myself a hell of a lot of money. And whatever I have left at the end of the month has to just deal with it. It has to deal with it because I know what I'm working for. I know what my goals are and I want to get there as quick as possible. So if I want to chuck in an extra bit each right. month, I'm going to do that. I pay myself twice, the beginning and the end. But that's because I'm, I'm good with money. It's about managing your money. And if you're not sure how much you can pay yourself first, then you get a budget planner out. You start looking at how much you got coming in because most people know what they've got coming in. But you just ask someone, oh, how about, what's your expenses every month? most people wouldn't know because they're just like oh well i know what i'm left with no 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 so you need to start looking at what comes out each month so we know we've got our bills that come out every month without a matter of fact so like household bills that comes out that's that's fixed but you also got these things in the middle like all these subscriptions all these random things do you need them and this is for people that struggle to pay themselves first if you're struggling and you say i don't earn enough or i haven't got any money this is a task that you need to do look through those bits in the middle all these subscriptions do you actually use them amazon prime do you need that spotify can you do the basic free one like there's so many ways you can save a bit of money and then you work out what you can comfortably pay yourself each month most people pay themselves between 10 to 20 percent this is my thing right the tax man takes 20 percent 43 45 percent depending on your tax bracket mm. and when the tax man takes that we, we can't complain because most people when you ask people how much they earn they tell you how much they earn but that's before tax they right. know how much they're taking each month so the fact that the tax man can do that and you can't do anything about it why can't you take a little 10 or 20 percent out for you
0: Right, right. That's going to get
1: you somewhere Get you to your short term goal quicker Get you to your long term goal quicker Because at the end of the day I always say It's not about how much you make I know people that earn a lot of money But haven't got half what I've got I don't earn that much money But I'm very good at allocating To different things It's not about how much you earn It's how much you can keep And how much you can make that work for you When you see someone like a 30 grand, 40 grand salary And at the end of the year What have you got to show for it? Nothing nothing right. so it's just right. get into the habit don't watch other people about how oh they they on a lot of money or you know they drive a nice car it's probably on finance like let's not watch other people what they do let's focus on ourselves and be like okay what can i pay myself each month comfortably that won't put me in any kind of arrears once right. you know what that figure is automate it and get it done
0: and right. you'll thank yourself right wow powerful ladies and gentlemen we're going to be opening the floor now and I'll tell you something, if you haven't got a question today, I'm very sorry for you. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> because everybody right now is in the pandemic, everybody's losing their job, people may be redundant, people looking at getting out of poverty. There's always a question where you are right now. So please be ready to ask the question because Natalie's here to help. She lived it, She proven it, and she's still proven it. And she's got clients who she's taking on, helping them to change their mindset. So rule number one, there is somewhere on there where you can raise your hand. Or if you don't know where it is, somewhere on the button to raise your hand, you can simply wave to me on the screen and I will unmute you. And then you can ask the questions. And then when we have done with the questions, if we have time, Natalie, you can give us some bullet points. Uh, I love your bullet points. I saw one of your articles on the practical things that people can do to change our mindset and change our finance, if the time allows us. Okay. Um, but right now, we're going to open for questions. So, who wants to go first? Anybody? Wave your hand if you want to, or anybody unmute yourself if you want to ask a question. Anybody got a question here? I uh, give you the opportunity to go ahead now. I think we, I think everybody's fed today, Natalie. they are fed well. <laughs> okay, we've got uh, Valerie. you've got a question.
3: Yeah, it was, it's, um, actually, uh, thank you as well, because um, Natalie it's very refreshing, other than hearing my nephews speak of your generation to hear what you're saying, but in some ways you're preaching to the converted, because <laughs> what's happened is what you're saying crosses all generations all age groups in terms of the way we grow up around money and our mindsets around it. And because of the times that we're living in now, people have had to examine what it is they thought they valued before COVID. Mm. And that's whatever age you are. It doesn't matter regardless, I find. So it's interesting. How are you finding, well, my son's 32, so he's only a couple of years older than you. Um, How are you finding young people of your generation are taking this message now, given the circumstances we're in at the moment? Everything you've said is not new, but at the same time, you understand why I say that, I hope.
1: No, no, no. I get it, Valerie. Thank you. Um, to be honest, my last client was 22 uh, and I was shocked. I was shocked. Mm. And um, another thing, she wasn't black either. So I was even more shocked. And she kind of understands, she's not from London. This is probably what it is. She's not from London and she's moved to London. So she understands London's very expensive and I was just really shocked that she wanted to talk about her money mindset. And I feel like more young people are starting to understand what their position is. And the I don't, I'm don't. i trying not to swear because the easier thing would be to swear, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm trying to find a better word.
3: Don't worry, you're not the only one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, um,
3: I helped help my sister start a business for my two nephews. My four nephews, they're all grown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, they had friends from all backgrounds, like you said. This, because in a way, this is not just a color thing, and I think we need to remember that. I've just had a text from a friend of mine. You know, her family dynamic, not in, you know, not black person. Same thing you're talking about, right there. You know, 22, 1992. Yeah doesn't
1: make any difference do you understand what I mean Natalie I I understand completely I think what happened is because of all these generations especially like people going to university coming out of university you can't get a job etc etc they're starting to understand the, the shit that they're in basically and they want help with that and they want to speak to other young people that have gone through it, people that are a little bit further ahead and um, how they've basically de- tr- treated and dealt with situations. So I think that's where I come in. So a lot of young people are starting to wake up. A lot of my audience, my audience is quite varied. A lot of my audience, my target audience is millennials, like myself, and Gen Z is a bit younger. But a lot of my audience are recent graduates or people over 40. And I'm surprised. It just it, It's like money has no age and money mindset has no age. So um, I'm really happy to be talking about stuff like this now and really touching onto different audiences because it's a conversation that we all need to have more so i have to admit all most of my clients are women um so even to be here a men's action group is really important as well because i feel like more men need to speak up because as a woman i can only do my job and i think women relate to other women and me trying to talk to to men i was talking to trevor when i went to school talking to young boys they didn't want to listen to me it's like I'm, I'm their aunt or their mum. They don't listen to me. They need another male figure talking to them and staring them on the right road. So, yeah, it, I mean, I love what I do and I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm still going to talk to men, whether they listen or not, because it's hard to shut me up. Mm-hmm. So I just want more men to come on board, basically, and talk about these things because men listen to other men. Right. Yeah, it's interesting, Natalie. I
3: think it's just a tidbit here and I, because I'm the only one that ask. You're going to be doing that for the rest of your life, just so you know, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> whether you whether you go out with him Whether you sleep with him Whether you marry him or you die, yeah. You're going to be doing it for the rest of your life love. Constantly. Trust me yeah? oh, it's a constant. Constantly. My mum's 81 and she was having a laugh with me On the phone about 32 years 35 years of marriage to my father You're going to be doing it for the rest of yeah. your life yeah?
1: Alright just so oh, you know <laughs> Alright okay.
0: Alright thank you very much Valerie Man I don't know what's happened here But Natalie you've set the place on fire So But what I want to say is, everybody, if you're too shy to call in, you can actually put your question in the chat. And I will put it forward to Natalie. So if you don't want to call in and give your questions, that's fine. Please put your questions in the chat. We do have one, a very encouraging one, Natalie. It says, thank you for the reminder of paying yourself first. I've heard this concept many times, but I've always felt guilty. Mm -hmm. No more. From now on, I will pay myself first.
1: You've got to and there's a book, I'm just about to pull it out here. So The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, I recently read this book this year. My friend was like, oh my god, Natalie, you need to read this book because it talks about everything that you talk about. Right. I was like, okay, okay, I'll have a read. And literally, this book is all about paying yourself first. And it's in a really nice story. It's a bit of old, it's a bit old English, I'm being honest. Sometimes you've got to reread it because it's very really like cometh and all that, but it's great. It's a great book. Right. Um, But yeah, paying yourself first is really important because without paying yourself first, you're unable to start saving towards anything. Like if you've got goals, how do you, how do you attain them? How do you attain your goals? You have to pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. I mean, to get more into the habit of it, not like, oh, next month I'll do it. Next month I'll do it. Next month never comes. Do it now, Bernie. Set up an automated payment into your designated bank account and get it done and another tip that i would say if you're doing this do not put it in your main account or your your main bank savings account put it in another account one that you have to log on with a long memorable password one that's difficult for you to get into because i'll be honest when i open up my apps and i see my main account a little savings account and a joint account of my sister sometimes that middle account if there's money in there it's very tempting to be like oh 200 pound I kind of want to buy this let me just use that you don't right. want to do that with the money that you're putting aside for yourself each month paying yourself first you want to put that in an account that you have no access to very limited you're only allowed two withdrawals in the month or in the year or something like that that's what I'd advise because you you know see no evil hear no evil out of sight out of mind that's the best thing I can suggest to anyone who's starting off with paying themselves first and they want to get comfortable with it and don't, not sure where to start
0: pull it in right. account you can't see Right. And that's a way of helping yourself not to feel guilty.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. So any more questions, uh, please do a yourself if you have a question, or you can put your questions in the chat. Please, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very crucial topic today. Um, And I'm going to say it this way. We all understand and we're all aware that saying second wave is on its way. That's reality. Mm-hmm. Second wave in the way, what have you got in place financially? It's all about preparation, and Natalie's here to show us to prepare ourselves. It There is a way, and there mm-hmm. always will be a way. Okay, mm-hmm. mindset change your money, change your mindset. Right? So, anybody got any questions, or anybody can wave and say if you've got any more questions. I uh, look to hear some from the brothers brother Wayne and brother Paul do you have anything <laughs> to share
2: or emphasize so yes brother Paul go ahead yeah thank you uh, brother Yomai and um, so good to see you so fired up today and um, Natalie it's so good to for you to be with us all today so i want to congratulate you for all that you're doing and all that you've said
3: thank you yes
2: and the point that I'm picking up from everything that you said Natalie is the generational connection for me And for the majority of of us in this room, that must be also a great place to be coming from. And I like the way where you said that you're interacting with your peers, which is your dad, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
2: you encouraged your dad um, from the wisdom that he gave to you, you, you. You know, you're making it still flow around the aspect of the family which him bringing you into the world and stuff like that, and that you've got that communication and that understanding. So I really love the way that you put that forward. Um, Again, Valerie, thank you for your input in relation to families as well. That's been very important because family is the key when it comes to generational wealth. And we must always have that aspect in the forefront of our mind when we're building wealth. So when I heard you speak, Natalie, I just wanted to, five minutes ago, my hand's seasoning some chicken here. I wish I'd got the information earlier, but we're glad that you are here because I would have loved my two daughters to have been in. They've just finished their university degrees. Um, My oldest daughter is working in a big financial institute in the city of London. and She's doing extremely well. The younger one is working her way through the aspects of identifying who she is as a black woman, which you have clearly done. And you have elaborated those facts um, across. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to sharing the recording with them because as much as families do for us and our families have done tremendously for myself and by the sounds of it for you as well, you know, my key concerns are always going to be for my offsprings and my generation. You are my generation. Everybody in this room is of my generation. So it's good that we're having this conversation. Um, But I'm looking forward then to catching what you're saying here, especially with your dad, because that connection for our generation and for it to have longevity along the line that we're always gonna be relevant, transparent and active financially is a key to keeping us sustainable in our communities. And so that's the thing that I, I really adored what you said and also, they're going to be able to hear from someone else outside of from their mum and their dad. Yeah. And, 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 and having you here, that's, that's great. So I just want to encourage you, just keep on going. The book that you mentioned there, I've got it on my shelf. I think I've gone through a couple of the pages. Love that. Um, but thank you. I'm going to pick it up and read it now. So thanks for that.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much, Brother Paul. Uh, there
0: we are, ladies. We do have men in the room who can speak. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> we've got them in the room okay and i think it's about collaborating our ideas and putting our egos aside because what we're looking at is survival it's all about survival your ego don't matter your ego don't come into this it's survival and uh natalie i know that people in the room are probably wanting to ask but probably a bit too shy for whatever reason i'm not too sure have a glass of wine and i'm sure you'll change A glass of wine will wake you up, so have a glass of wine. Uh, Any more questions Uh, before we move on? Anybody got any more questions? If you have, please put it in the chat room. Don't be afraid to ask your questions. Uh, Brother Wayne, do you have a question there? Uh, Are you okay, with what you've heard so far? Okay, I think that's it, Natalie. I think everybody's digested really well. I think you did give it out in very good key points. But to remind you, what's the name of that book you just mentioned again there? So in case anybody um, wants I to can take
1: type it in. If it's easier, I can type it into the chat box. It's The Richest Man in Babylon. Right. By George S. Clayson. Yeah such an old book but it's literally one of like those founding books in regards to like mindset um paying yourself first even talks about investing but it doesn't use the word investing because it's actually a story Mm -hmm. but it's it's an it's an amazing book amazing book
0: right 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 okay so education is part of reading as well you have to read you can talk but if you haven't got the education Mm -hmm. your talking becomes in vain simple So, Natalie, um, I know uh, you're you're giving so much of your time, but uh, I'm going to say this. I'd love to have a part two. I would love to have a part two. Why? It's very crucial to what we're living in now. Um, And the information you're giving, people need it. So uh, we'll definitely surely be emailing you to plan part two and have it, if it if a demand is great, we can always continue to have it if your time allows you. But um Natalie, for the sake of our listeners, what come to me was, is it possible in the pandemic, if we change our mindset, somebody can move from a council property and end up buying a one hundred and twenty five or two hundred thousand pound house in the pandemic if they change their mindset, Is it possible or not?
1: I'd say anything's possible because I've seen it happen around me. I've seen people have ten k months. Um, even myself, I had like a, a I had a six k month once, and I was like, "Whoa, mm. where did that ha- that happened in the pandemic?"
0: Mm. And that's what I'm
1: trying to say. There's money to be made. There's money to be made, and I keep bringing up this Pret thing, right? So Pret is the coffee place. You pay twenty pound a month and you get unlimited coffees, drinks, smoothies, right? When I first heard of this, I was like, who the hell is going to pay £20 a month for coffee? People have subscribed. I subscribed and cancelled it straight away because the first month was free. I'm not paying for coffee. Um, But what I'm trying to say, there's money to be made. And the thing is, people are tapping into people's um, convenience of um, how to um, spend money, make money. So there's so many options there to make. So if a company, a big company can do that, and I can have a 6k month, you can get a property. It's all about mindset. How much do you want it? Mm. Number one, have you written it down? If, me, with me, when you write something down, it's already done. So if you, I've got vision boards, I've got journals, anything that I want in my journal, I put everything in the past tense, if it's already been done. And then I'd look back at it a week later. Oh my God, I did that. Cause I wrote it down and said that I did it, even when I didn't. So it's it's like having that conviction over your life. If you're in a council property and you want to move out, you you know you need like a forty grand deposit or something. Okay, cool. First, claim it, ask for it, believe it, receive it. How bad do you want it? Number mm-hmm. one. Where do you? And the thing is, with this, right? You have to be so with your visual, visualities of it. It has to be proper. So, what kind of house do you want to live in? Visualize it. How many bedrooms? does it have a top floor bottom floor like get really really real with it like with me I want to buy another property so I've got I've got a printout of my dream um landscape and I look at every day I'm like yeah this is what I want and I'm working towards it I wanted a certain amount of followers I got them so it's 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 also all about what's up in the mind so what do you want put your visualization on it where do you want to live go and visit that road of where you Mm. want to live right Mm -hmm. oh i can't afford that house but there's a couple of houses that are very similar that i like that are on sale okay let me view that property Mm -hmm. like me i want a nice Mm -hmm. car but i can't afford it the car that i have now i've always wanted it right and a couple years ago i couldn't afford it i said dad can we go to the showroom so i can test drive it My dad's like you haven't got the mind to pay for it this I haven't got the money now but let Mm -hmm. me go and test test drive it I said, dad, video co- Video record me while I'm test driving it. My dad video recorded me. I watched that video every night before I went to my bed. And I just visualized myself having this car, driving this car. A year later, I had it. So visualization, mm. manifestation, it is possible. I didn't have the money. I don't know where the money came from. I don't ask me where it came from, but it came. And that's because I was so positive that I would have it, that mm. it came. And that's just believing in yourself and your abilities. If you want that property that right now seems like you cannot afford it, you'll make it happen just through thought. Thoughts become things. I don't know how many believe that. Thoughts do become things. So you just got to be positive about your situation and what you want. You can have anything you want in this life. It's how bad you want it.
0: Right, right. So we're talking about visualizing. Mm. Visualizing in your mind what you want and go and test it go and get be part of it. You see the car you want, go down to the dealer and say, hey, I'd like to test drive that car. You're in the car, you're driving it. Believe you me, just by doing that, you'll be very surprised on the transformation and transaction you get back from that Mm -hmm. in the physical realm. Just by doing that. But this is where Natalie's saying about the mindset. It all starts with the mindset. And Natalie, when you go back into the mindset, you begin to realize, personally myself and from people who I work with, how much junk is in that mindset. It's so toxic. You're like, wow.
1: Yeah. It, can be it really you'll
0: be surprised tustic. you go back to your childhood. You find how much junk has been in your mind and you've been practicing the same thing over and over again. No development, no growth. But you change your mindset, as Natalie's saying, that past experience no longer be part of your future plan. So and I have to say this, this is not the time to make excuses anymore. We have to get rid of the word excuses. You can't be blaming the environment. The only environment we need to change, is Natalie said, is your mindset. Mm. That's all it boils down to, your mindset. It's not to do with your age. It's not to do whether you have a career, whether you don't work, or you live in a situation you don't like. It's not about that. It's about your mindset. That's where all the noise is. That's where all the distraction is. That's where all the doubts are, The negativity. The pain, the hurt. Wouldn't you change that, as Natalie says, the door's open. Okay? So um, I'm, I am going to ask if anybody has any question, please do be free to let it go, let it go,
2: before Natalie has to leave. Yeah, uh, I've got one more question, brother Jeremiah. Yes, sir, go ahead, sir. And I say it's a question. It was more of um, an adulation for what Natalie has, has been doing. And, and now comes the question. Um, So Natalie, the question that's just risen up in me is you're a great lens for our community. And the question then said to me, how are the the people that you're interacting with? You're a young lady. You've gone into schools. You've gone into universities. The commitment that you're putting forward is astounding. And it's going to return back to you 100-fold. And obviously... My dream is that that you see all that you're doing um, become relevant for everyone that you're talking to and that you see the rewards coming from everyone that you're speaking to. So with that in mind, and you being such a great lens for the community, um, how is it for the young people out there? My daughters have just left university. Um, As I said, my older daughters just landed herself a great job in the city, which is where I was working. Um, before the shutdown in 2008. So we've experienced this kind of cycle, down cycle before. Um, But my younger daughter, and and for for our, our generations and stuff like that, how is it falling on their ears, everything that you're saying? Are you seeing a real reward being returned from all the effort and time that you're putting into it? And once you're thinking about the answer to that question, are you seeing any tangible connections being made into our generation of people creating businesses that will connect our community as a whole?
1: Thank you for your question. So what I will say is that a lot of people who come to me, like the ones that actually want the help, they're the ones that get the transformation. Because a lot of information I talk about, it can fall on deaf ears sometimes, because I'm a bit of a chatterbox. i uh, i I don't say no a lot and i just do a lot of this so i can imagine sometimes i can be a bit overwhelming as a person but it's only because i'm i know what i'm talking about and i see that the younger you are get involved now change your mindset now get your life right but i understand some people are just not there yet but the ones that do hear me because i I just keep talking and then they eventually reach out those are the ones that have a massive transformation, and these ones, these people that I'm talking about, they're really young, like 22, 21. Like, recently, I had someone, a young guy actually came to me because um, he's a model and I work in fashion. You've got a lot of young people earning a lot of money, right? And they don't know what to do with it, they're just spending it and spending it, living paycheck to paycheck. And those are the ones that kind of want to change their life. And they come to me, so if they come to me, I already know my job's done, I already know they're going to get the transformation, and that's great. You then have another group of people like my peers. Most of them have their own business. And it's an an amazing thing to see because I think they're starting to realise that, Back in the day, our parents' day, our grandparents' day, you know, working a nine-to-five, having a career, being in a job for 30 years and getting a lovely pension, that is not going to happen. That's not our reality. And I feel like we're taking our future finally in our own hands. And we're like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to start up my business and I'm going to make the best of it that I can do. If it fails, okay, I've tried. At least I've tried. And I feel like with this generation, they're very much go-getters. They're going to try, if they fail, they're going to get up 10 times tall and do it again. And so I'm very happy to be a part of that and to see that and see that everyone is trying to lift everyone else up in the community. If I um, need someone to do something, I'm looking in my own com- community first before I look outside of it. And I think mm. that's the shift that we've seen, especially yeah. with the birth of um, Black Pound Day. Um, when that came about, you just saw like a surge in sort of, Black business thriving, basically. Like, businesses making uh, so much money in one day than they've made in the whole year just on the back of Black Pound Day. So it's all about community. I think, finally, we're getting to that place where we don't need to be reminded of Black Pound Day. Anytime I want anything, I'm always thinking, is there someone Black who does this? Is there a Black business that does this? And I think that's powerful mm-hmm. in seeing that that is now actually happening and people are starting to recognise that they want wealth to grow within their own communities and they don't just want to be seen as consumers because black people are the biggest consumers in the world but Mm. we have the least wealth and something's not right with that it doesn't add up and i think that we're starting to see that and we're trying to take ownership of that Um, so i'm i'm so happy to be a part of that and kind of putting my two pence here and there to get people in their way because again a lot of black people do have have businesses but again their mindset is not where it needs to be which is why a lot of people don't do well in the first year or they lose and they make silly mistakes so that's where i'm always going to be behind them waiting and for them to form for me to catch them basically
2: right
1: yeah i hope that answers your question
2: that's (laughs) perfect certainly does. Yeah, perfect. Wonderful. Um, yeah, great. And what I see at the end of that is in your own time, um, maybe this could be something that you can p- compile and pass on to Brother Jeremiah so that we can pass on that list um, to even my daughters um, so that they're thinking exactly like, and I'm so glad that I asked the question so I could get that that answer out from you, so that they're thinking exactly like what you've said and we can get that list to them so that they can peruse that list, and then when they go about doing what they need to do in shopping, they're always going to think that that first.
1: Oh, 100%. So, That's
2: so thank right.
0: you. Right. Thank you very much, Paul. Uh, Natalie, what I do feel very strong in my heart, and you're very passionate about it, and you're conscious of it, is the young generation understanding how to manage money, how to deal with money, grow their business, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think that would be something I'd be loving to bring more on board on part two and also get the parent to come in involved as well because I think you've delivered so much key points and very practical and understanding but it does require work. Mm, It does require work and people have to put the work in. Uh, So Natalie what can I say Um, on behalf of the group we want to say thank you for coming on and thank you for your insight. It's been such a great honour to have you and uh, I've definitely got my diary beside me ready for part two. I will be emailing you with some new dates to come back again. So uh, so for, before we end, in, uh, Natalie, what's the final word you'd like to give to encourage people? And also if you have a website, uh, a contact details.
1: Lovely. So I just want everyone to come away from this. Most importantly is that if you need that mindset shift Then start, definitely work on it. If anything that I've said is like maybe like triggered you and you're kind of wondering, okay, this is why I am the way that I am, start go back to your parents, go back to whoever raised you. Don't matter how young or how old we are, I think it's very important that we have that conversation with the generation before us, so therefore we can understand our generation and the generation that comes after us. I think that's really important. And I'll just say pay yourself first, because that's like what I've lived for, that's what I stand by. Because without paying yourself first you're not putting yourself first. Right. And then your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, they come last. So, um, yeah, I just would like to leave you with those two pieces of information. Um, to find me, I am mostly on Instagram and Facebook, but I do have a website, um, which is Natalie Scott in com um, where you can have a glance overview of what I do, but I am always on Instagram. Um, heavily on instagram because that's where most of my audience are and you know you've got to go where the audience is so that's where i am um, giving daily tips uh, and different things i've actually got an event coming up as well on the 25th of october on sunday okay. in london southeast where um, i'm doing my first my first actual event is quite scary it's called level up your finances so in that event i'm talking about money management paying yourself first i've got special guests coming in talking about investing and um, I'm really looking forward to that. If anyone's available for that, I will leave um, that information as well with Trevor, so he can pass that on to the, to the team as well. But yeah, guys, I'm just I'm just here to help. To actually, you know, I'm not here to help. I don't like that word. I'm here to empower. I'm right. here to empower people because when you empower someone, they empower themselves. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank Trevor again for allowing me to just safe space really to talk about money mindset and to hopefully get us there in due time.
0: All right. Well, we just had somebody who just put some messages in there. Uh, She had to go, but she said, thank you. This has been really interesting and definitely very useful in today's current situation. Thank you, both Trevor and Natalie, for the discussion. I've got a talk and I have to prepare for a bye. So the information you've given, people are recording it. And and we also will get the recording out to everybody. Uh, We will pass it on to you. Uh, It will be via podcasting mp3 podcasting which i set up which is called yes you can if you haven't got that email through just check with your email last week i sent it it called yes you can but i will be putting that this recording on the podcasting and you can download it on your iphone okay natalie wow thank you so much indeed it's been a pleasure to have you and uh, such a an honor to have you and uh, let's say uh, thank you very much indeed and uh, we see you again natalie so keep up the good work Andrea, we definitely will keep in touch. So thank you very much indeed, Natalie.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Trevor. Thank you, everybody.
0: Yeah, bless you, Natalie. Keep up.
1: Thank you.